Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast this week. I have to like take a deep breath going into this one. I'm so looking forward to it. This has been kind of like a long-awaited, different kind of topic, but that I think a lot of you are going to love. Today, I am bringing on as a guest my personal therapist. (laughs) She is a psychologist. I'll tell you all about her. I made her send like the full bio because she's just incredible. But um, I speak to so many of you, right? I do all of these coaching one-on-one Zoom calls with you guys to really get into the specifics of your Etsy shop. And I learn a lot about you. And it's like no secret that our world right now is having a lot of mental health crises. It's kind of overwhelming and, and really sad. And I myself have struggled with anxiety um, in the past, specifically around like medical things. So like going into this past pregnancy was like the scariest thing I've ever done, choosing to actually do it, like knowing what could happen. And I had to deal with a lot of anxiety around that. Um, and my daughter, I think I've, I mentioned to you guys before on the podcast, if you've been around for a while, that my my little one, my eight-year-old um, can struggle with anxiety. And so um, this is a really special one because I know from all of that experience and from talking to you guys that so many of you struggle with anxiety and overwhelm and sometimes depression, all kinds of things. And it can really hit us in a different kind of way when we're entrepreneurs because we got to show up in in a major way. And we're usually spinning a lot of plates and we're usually taking much more risk than the average human being and it's a big deal. So what you need to know is that like I have been looking for the right person for me, like therapist, counselor, pastor, whatever it's been for like 20 years. And it's, I think it's really important to find the right person, not just like a super knowledgeable person, but the right person. And that is what Dr. Margaret is for me. I, I feel like I've been given the biggest gift and I'm just like so excited I get to share it with you. So if you would like to chat about mental health, then this is the episode for you. If you struggle with any kind of um, anxiety or overwhelm, we're particularly going to hit on those topics. If you um, want to go on like an inner healing journey, you can do Sozo um, counseling sessions with Dr. Nagib on like via Zoom or she uses something, uh, a different software that's totally like closed uh, for, for HIPAA. And you can also hire my therapist to be your therapist. I think she has a few openings right now. So jump on that if you want to like really go after it. Um, so I continue, even though I don't struggle with anxiety anymore, I continue with her because it's part of my personal growth journey. So I really like to keep a clean, a clean house in my head. I I like to really stay on top of things. I like to grow and develop. And it's really helpful having someone who understands like psychology at this level to be able to do that. So let me read you her bio. Like I said, I asked her for the full one because she's very accomplished. And basically for like psychology, she went to like the Harvard for psychology. It was a different school. I think it's in here, but I asked her for the whole thing. So this is, this is my fault that this is a bit longer. Meet Dr. Margaret Nagib, an accomplished clinical psychologist and a dedicated coach specializing in personal and spiritual development. She achieved her master's and doctoral degrees in clinical psychology from Wheaton College, located in Wheaton, Illinois, with an extensive career spanning since 1998. She's consistently contributed to the field of psychology. Blending the finest principles of psychology and spirituality, Dr. Margaret empowers leaders and entrepreneurs to apply their influence and transcend their self-imposed limitations through transformative inner healing sessions. Her approach harmoniously merges psychological insights with spiritual growth. Yes, yes, yes. All of that. A hundred million percent. Yes. Ugh, I have the chills. 
Dr. Margaret's influence extends far and wide as she traverses both domestic and international landscapes, delivering enlightening seminars on the topic of wholeness to diverse organizations. A published author, her notable work titled Souls Like Stars, Renew Your Mind, Heal Your Heart, Unveil Your Shine, captures her insights and wisdom. Based in Wheaton, Illinois, Dr. Margaret maintains a private practice where she continues to impact lives positively. To connect with her and learn more, visit thedunamisproject.org and follow her on Instagram at Margaret Nagib. I will absolutely be putting that in the show notes for you, um, but I'm really excited to share this with you guys. So definitely send me your feedback after this one. Please help me welcome the one and only Dr. Margaret to the podcast. Dr. Margaret, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Lizzie. It's so exciting to do this. I've been excited all week about it. I find that very hard to believe, but you're a gem. And and I don't know how you do it all, but um, I think this is such an important conversation. I'm really, really excited to share you. I mean, I actually really want to just not share you, if I'm going to be really honest, but I love my people a lot and um, they need they need the magic that you bring. So um, so it's going to be so good and people are going to be really touched and they were very excited about this happening. Wonderful. Yeah, because yeah, we're talking about something that's so relevant to our culture today, but then they also get a little behind the scenes with me because I'm like, this is my therapist. <laughs> Let oh. me bear my soul to the world. No, I'm not doing it's- that, but... Um, but it's good. So I would love to start because they don't know you yet. I would love to start with like your background and your story and how you decided you wanted to deal with people's brains and emotions and problems. That's such an interesting way of putting it. How did you want to deal with people? Yeah. So I am a clinical psychologist. I've been in practicing for over 20 years now. I love, love, love what I do. And I think that's because I've always been so curious about people. So I was kind of the shy, reserved kid growing up that would kind of be on a little bit on the edges and loved watching because I just was honestly really curious about people. So I think the first time I, I don't know when I kind of had this concept of you could be a counselor or you could be a therapist, but early on, like, like junior high, I think I knew I wanted to be a counselor. And so when I got to high school, they had a psychology class. So I took the psychology class in high school and that was it. After I took the psychology class in high school, it was confirmation. So uh, college, got my doctorate and um, I'm really blessed. I like, I, I just was one of those people that knew what I wanted to do and there was a path. And so I went and did it and here I am. Okay. That's wild because I, I basically got a minor in psychology because I thought I wanted to be a therapist because people always from a very young age would tell me everything. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. But when I took yeah. the psychology classes, I realized I didn't want to do this. <laughs> because you were supposed to do this and you're brilliant at what you do. And you and you bring, you bring your relational skills to what you do. But yeah, it's fun. I think the beauty cool. of psychology is everyone can benefit from it. And, you know, and today everyone's, I mean, you go on Instagram and everyone's talking about psychology. So it's so vital to everything we do. I think I got in there and I was like, we're going to talk about schizophrenia and bipolar and all of these crazy extreme problems. And instead they were like, it was like all this science experiments about people and why they make choice. It was, I don't know. I should have been more, I should have had a better attitude about it, but, um, but I love that. And I love that that just like nailed, nailed it for you. And I, Mm-hmm. I'm glad what you just brought up about the relevancy today, because I think we've been seeing, or, and this is why it's going to be so interesting to ask you, maybe it's just coming to the forefront, but it feels like the past few years, the discussion has gotten much more intense and maybe a lot of people's symptoms or experiences are really popping. So I don't know if it's just like the noise that we're hearing or if there's been an actual change. Would you speak a little bit about like what you're seeing in terms of like mental health, like as it's happening now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the world is changing. We know that, but it's changing really fast, right? Mm -hmm. So think about it. It probably felt fast when we went from like non-industrialized to industrialized, non-automobile to automobile, non-computer to computer. And now it's exponential. I mean, it's AI and it's just, it's a whole nother level of speed of how the world is changing. But people at their core haven't changed much. And so we're all trying to catch up to culture and to technology. And so I think there's new stressors that we've never had to deal with before. COVID was another thing, right? 
So there's just stressors we've never had to deal with before. And so I think that's why we're seeing more anxiety, more depression, um, just more people talking about all of this because we're, we're all desperately trying to catch up with the speed of what's happening around us. And we need new skills. We literally just need new skills. And I have seen this in psychology. I've seen where out of this, we're talking about things a little differently than we might have even 20 years ago. And that's exciting for me. We're understanding things on a new level. For example, the body, the nervous system, you know, and this needing to really go after the physiological responses of stress and help people know that you absolutely have 100% control over the physiological responses of stress. We just need to talk about it in a different way than we have in the past in psychology. Do you think that's making, like, have you seen with your own um, clients, are you, like, is talking about it from that perspective helping them make more strides? Like, I know it made a big, big difference for me, but I'm just seeing in the, in the whole, are you seeing that just help people have more breakthrough? 100%. You know, because I think, I think as a society in America, we actually are a lot we're pretty emotionally intelligent. I mean, we've been going after emotional intelligence for a while now in culture. And this has been the missing piece of like, oh, did you know you have a nervous system (laughs) and that your fight or flight can kick on, right? Like I tell people, it's like the smoke alarm in your house. And it's great when there's a fire, but your smoke alarm also goes off when you're just making toast. Mm -hmm. And that's what people are experiencing. Things are so fast. So you know, our smoke alarms are going off and we, and that's our body, you know, sending all of this energy into our system to help us. And we can't catch up. We can't help the body actually come back to rest and recognize like, yes, there's a lot going on in my world, but it's not a fire. But I think a lot of people more, I mean, most clients come to me in some kind of nervous system overload. They're, they're, their fight or flight is always running. It's kind of like, you know, a program on your desktop that's always running in the background and you don't realize it, but it's draining the system. And so they come to me and they're like, I don't understand why I can't keep up with my business, you know, my life. And it's like, oh, because we've got this program running underneath and you need to learn how to recognize that in your body, what it feels like in your body when you're in fight, what it feels like when you're in flight, what it feels like when you're in freeze, so that you can then take ownership over that and help your body come back to its you know, it's best, it's best, um, it's best mode of operation. It's been really interesting. Like since you've been teaching me about that, um, how much more aware I am at what is sending me into that place of just like, of like heightened stress. And I can, before, I don't think I noticed it until I had really strong emotional symptoms where like, I felt like I couldn't cope or I felt really anxious and I it, like felt bigger than me and I needed help. But now I'm so much more aware on a smaller scale. I can actually feel it in my body first and I can take some steps. It's so, it's, and we, I mean, we have to talk about this, but it's so cool how once you do that and you understand like, oh, this is actually, there's actually no, nothing harmful happening here. I can take a few breaths and come back down to, to kind of, it's just, yeah. it's a fascinating, simple process. It's a, it's fascinating. Yeah. Oftentimes, and you might, I think you even had this experience when we first did it, you know, people are all, and then we do it. And then the person goes, wait, you mean it was that simple all along? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, kind of, because our body is, our body is just there to help us. And the interesting thing about the brain and the nervous system is it doesn't really know the difference you know, like a smoke alarm, it doesn't know the difference between a small stressor and a big stressor. And so it, it, it just activates to help you. And so we just need to learn how to slow down and help. So I tell people, stop calling it anxiety. Stop even calling it stress. Just call it dysregulation. My body's dysregulated. Oh, okay. I know how to bring it back. I know how to regulate it. And so it's kind of this new skill. And I'm getting more and more leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, because you guys, frankly, are the movers and shakers, you know, and you're the ones taking in all this new technology and going, yeah, this is brilliant. How do we, you know, activate this and make the most and maximize this? And so you're running hard, probably more than people in that sector have in such a long time. And, um, and they just don't realize like your system just can only take so much, but if you just do a little bit of this every day, it will be the game changer. It will help you run faster. You know, it will help you do all the things that you want to do. But you, we can no longer afford 
to not be connected to our bodies. We can't. You just can't anymore because we don't have enough natural pauses in our day. You know, we're not churning butter. <laughs> we're not, you know, we're not even cooking our own dinner necessarily where it would slow you down. And we're not having as many of those natural pauses that naturally help the brain and body come back to rest. We have to create that, whether it's through meditation or connecting with our body. We have to do that now. You can't do that anymore if you want to be successful moving forward. You'll burn out. You kind You'll of just out. blew my mind because... I hadn't even thought about it that way. Like I hadn't even thought about how, like to me, those things can feel very annoying because they slow me down. <laughs> because they slow me down. That's so funny. You're like, <laughs> that's funny on a whole other level just because you guys know me <laughs> and how I'm literally like Alvin and the chipmunks over here. But so I try to, I try to, so instead of like, I want to go prepare a more complicated meal, I'd rather sit down and knit, but it's actually creating the same the same <laughs> the same yeah. response but that explains probably why i like to knit and i like to fold laundry because it's very methodical there you go it's methodical and it has a meditative effect on the brain where the brain can begin to slow down and it's literally brain waves right we, you and i have talked about the different brain wave states so beta brain wave state is that state when you're problem solving you know and you're taking care of business at work alpha is a little slower that's when you feel really creative and you're in the flow and you know, you're just in the zone. And entrepreneurs love that state because that's when all the amazing ideas are happening, but it's actually a slower brainwave state. So if you're in high beta, which is the stressed out state, you can't be creative. So, you know, it may frustrate you to slow down and knit, but it's actually helping your brain go high beta, beta, alpha. And all of a sudden, you're going to feel yourself connect to your creativity in a way that you wouldn't have that day if you just stayed in this high beta anxious, you know, analytical mode. So in those moments, this is so interesting. I like you've taken me so far off script and it's in the best way ever. And I'm sure it was actually me who did it. But like, if I feel like stepping away or taking time to do some of those those more mundane things are slowing down my business, but it almost sounds like you're saying if I intentionally did that, I would speed up my my progress and my process because I would have like that explains why sometimes I sit down and I literally can't do anything at the computer. My brain is firing in so many different directions. I'm sure we all experience this that I don't even know what to do next. I sit there and I end up scrolling because I'm like I got to regroup. So are you saying like if we actually intentionally insert some of these things that some of that will go, like we won't have that problem as much anymore? Yeah. Well, it's so interesting. You said I end up, I end up scrolling because I need to regroup. Well, what is scrolling? <laughs> scrolling gives your mind a, a different thing to focus on, but it's not actually, it's more of just a distraction. It's not actually calming your nervous system or bringing you to a, to a flow state. It's just a, it's just a distraction. So if instead of scrolling, you did something else where you're actively relaxing your body. So part of coming to that brain wave state involves your body. So the cheat is if you breathe and you relax your body and you turn off the analytical mode and go into sensing mode, you will go down into alpha and theta states where you're just naturally more creative. Like the ideas will just come and you'll be like, well, where did that come from? So I'd much rather be driven by that where it's going to feel good it's going to be that flow thing where you're just in the zone versus that high beta state where you're 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 anxious and your 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 brain is not coherent so it's kind of like if you pictured like you know all these things flowing together that's when your brain is coherent and that means all the different parts of your brain are working together versus when you're incoherent and the different things are firing it would it would be like a symphony and like the, the instruments are just kind of playing versus all the instruments working together. So when you're in that high beta, your brain is like the instruments just firing versus the orchestra. And that's what meditative behaviors do for your brain. You said something that kind of made me curious. You were talking about going from like all the thinking and you said into sensing as part of the, with the breathing mm -hmm. to come down, is that why they'll ask questions like, um, or they'll tell you when they, when they tell you to meditate, they'll, they'll take your focus to your body. They'll be like, notice your 
you know, your fingertips or notice the feeling in your face. Is that why they have you do that? Is that what you mean by sensing? Absolutely. Cause it's a different part of the brain. You're, you're, huh. you can't be in sensing mode and in analysis mode at the same time. So it's trying to shift you from the analytical to the sensing, which is grounding and helps you go down into the brainwave state. So, so yes, sensing your body, relaxing your body. My cheat for that is not just sensing, but I'll tell someone, sense, you know, go to your heart, let's say, can you sense the space your heart takes up? Because that will fully put you into um, sensing mode. And then I'll go, you know, divergent, convergent. Now can you can now can you sense the space in the room around you? Can you sense the space behind you? And all of that is working to slow down the brainwave state to alpha to theta. And that's the restorative state number 1. So scrolling is distracting and it may feel relaxing, but it's not restorative to your brain. Mm-hmm. So if you can learn how to be in a theta state, they say that that's 10 times more restorative than even deep sleep. So why does the paying attention to the the space that your heart takes up more effective than like just paying attention to your heartbeat, like tuning into your heartbeat? What would make, what is that, what does that do for us? And maybe that's, maybe I've gone down too much of a rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> well, it, it, it all works. So paying attention to your heartbeat works when you begin to pay attention to the space, it just, it helps slow down the analytical mind even more because it's a deeper level of sensing something. That's oh, all. It's like, yeah. Sensing is a continuum, right? I can taste something or I can taste something. You ever slow down and really taste something, right? I used to do this in my work with eating disorders all the time, especially with binge eaters, you know, who'd get so frustrated, like let's say with junk food and we'd slow down, you know, and really taste that whatever it was that they binged on and didn't want to binge on. And when they really slowed down and tasted it, they were like, this actually isn't as great as like, (laughs) I think it is. (laughs) Right. All because they were slowing down and, taking that sensing to an even deeper level. So think about the times when you have felt most like, life is amazing. Mm -hmm. You're probably on vacation, right? Sitting at a beautiful, let's say restaurant, drink, eating some amazing meal, drinking some great glass of wine. You're in full sense mode and you're soaking it up and all is well in the world, right? And that's when we get creative and that's when we get inspired and that's when we feel like life is magical. Well, what are we doing? We're just fully present. That's all that is. It's helping you become more and more fully present. And the key to becoming more fully present is through your body. Okay, so if you've been around the podcast for a while now, you have heard me tell you guys that you shouldn't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket, right? Etsy owns their platform and we are just guests. So it's super important for your longer term business goals to use your Etsy shop to build an email list. That way you can continue to communicate with the people who already love your products and create an asset that will stay with you as you expand your Etsy shop and beyond. The tool that I recommend for this is CraftKit because it compliantly integrates directly into your Etsy shop and will streamline a ton of work for you. Once you have CraftKit set up with your Etsy shop, and it's super simple, by the way, like no high-tech confusion or mess, which is a win. Every time you get an order after that, CraftKit is going to pull over your customer's email address and then automatically communicate with them with the messages that you set up ahead of time. So it's gonna auto send the messages you create as each transaction milestone occurs in the order process. For example, it's going to send a thank you for your order email, a notification that the order has shipped, a delivery confirmation email, and anything else that you set up within it. I personally love this automation, you guys. Like It's such a time saver, which is really critical when you become a busy shop. But even better than that, 
CraftKit is also going to start inviting each and every customer to join your email list. And it makes it super easy for both you and your customer. Once they hop on your list, you can set up a drip campaigns for days, reminding them about your brand and inviting them to revisit your shop. So if CraftKit has hit your curiosity button, which I hope it has, I made a YouTube tutorial that I will link in the show notes so that you can see a back office sneak peek of exactly how this works. I know that always helps. They offer a 14 day free trial. And if you use my coupon code, which is SMILEY, S-M-I-L-E-Y, all in caps, you will get a 50% off discount for your first three months. So I will link that for you as well. Whatever you do, my friend, cover your own back and start building your email list. You'll thank me later. I love it. I totally Mm -hmm. geek out. You've kind of already gone um, down this road, but I want to, some people may, it may feel abstract. So I want to bring it more like really practical with the clients that I work with, the coaching clients, they're all, you know, running Etsy shops or Shopify or something like that. And we -hmm. talk a lot about overwhelm. Like they feel overwhelmed either in juggling their work and their home life because it's often a side hustle for them Um, or they feel overwhelmed with making decisions is really difficult or um, they feel overwhelmed because they're like they're doing it all. They're not they're not just the business owner, but they're the the maker, the packager, the shipper, the customer service. They're doing it all. I know. (laughs) But could you please share a little bit about how we get into this mindset? And then maybe um, I'm sure you have amazing tools and suggestions how to start stepping out of that and getting, you know, feeling like you're more in control. Yeah. Yeah. So overwhelm, whatever you want to call it, overwhelm, stress, right? We all know that feeling. And Oftentimes when we talk about that, we talk about it attached to the thing we're doing, right? So, well, I have this stressor, business, finance, right? But really stress and overwhelm is a physiological response. It's my body saying, there's a threat. There's something important going on. And so I'm going to help you by mobilizing all of your energy so you can take care of this thing that's important to you. So if if you could even stop with that and go, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling stressed because I'm perceiving something is important to me and I have all this energy. And the question is, am I using this? Is this energy? Is it a stress enhancing energy or is it hurting me? So here's what we can do. If we don't manage that and we don't recognize it, it can be unproductive. And if it's going to go unproductive in one of two ways, you're either going to go to, I call it freak out mode. And that's when you're like, you know, you're having a million thoughts. You're looking at your computer. You don't even know where to start or maybe even a higher level of freak out mode. And you're anxious, you know, and you're, ah, right. Deadlines. Or you can go into checkout mode, which is what you did with the scrolling. Uh, I I don't know what to do with all this. I'm just going to scroll. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's when the, the body is mobilizing all of this for you, but instead of it being productive, you're checking out or you're freaking out. So if you can stop and feel that and then go, ooh, something's important, really important right now. Because think about this, Lizzie, you don't stress about what's not important to you. Mm-hmm. We only stress out about things that are important to us. We only feel overwhelmed when things are important to us. So if you can slow down and go, okay, what's important to me right now? then use all of that energy because that's all your body's trying to do. It's trying to give you energy to go do that thing that's important to you. That's productive stress instead of unproductive stress. That's so interesting. I, like, And sometimes people will say, well, it's not, it's not that I have too many things to do. It's that I'm scared of doing something wrong. I'm scared of doing the wrong thing or making a mistake. Is, it really, is that still the same problem? Yeah, that's, so that's your body in fight or flight. Hmm. And, okay. and more of a fright, fright, flight, and, you know, of like, what if I do something wrong? So that's when it would okay. be super helpful to first help your body breathe, right? Breathe, slow down, then go to your analytical mind, go to your logical mind and go, what's important here? And what would be the best route of action to take care of that thing that's important to me? You know, I think it would be really interesting that you've talked to me before about how did, how did you put it? it? Like becoming becoming aware of like you can't even start you can't even start to think about it and and you just sort of hit on it actually. You can't even start to 
analyze it until you've calmed yourself down. Like trying to push through into figuring it out, you get into just this loop, this, I got to figure it out, I got to figure it out. And you literally can't do that until you get your body regulated. Would maybe talk about that a little bit. I'm all, I know that's off script too. I'm just geeking out. Yeah, no, that's great. And maybe that's why you get afraid of doing it wrong because you're in that yeah. analytical mode where you can't, it's like, you can't quite. And so you don't feel confident moving forward because what you don't realize is you're now in survival brain. So there's kind of three major activating of the brain. There's survival brain, there's the emotional brain, and then there's the rational brain. And in that moment, you're completely in survival brain. And trying to solve something in survival brain is a waste of time. <laughs> Unless bear is chasing you, right? <laughs> it, it just makes your brain worse. The more you try to analyze in survival brain, you're going to feel more anxious. You're going to feel more lost. So if you can go, oh, I'm in survival mode. First, let me regulate and get back to my rational brain. And then let me look at what's happening here and take a course of action. And then at that point, it probably just needs to be some piece of action. It, you may not know the end you know, but you'll be like, okay, but the first right step will be this and then this and then this and then this. And so your, your rational brain is now online running the show instead of your survival brain. I think that's so interesting. And I love pulling out these different, have you ever had a, had a client be like, oh, well, that's, that's not me. That's not my problem. Mine's like this. And it's really the exact same thing but they've got, they've got their head wrapped around, it's this specific thing. And that's why I love pulling out the, oh no, I don't feel overwhelmed. I just don't know where to start. Well, that's overwhelmed. It's this, but it's that's lovely. Like it's actually freeing here. Yeah, it's freeing hearing that because it's like, oh no, okay, I'm not like, yes, I'm a unicorn, but I'm not that kind of unicorn where I'm so weird, we can't fix it. <laughs> yeah, no. this is, and, and, and yeah, and what we're talking about is absolutely normal. We all have a nervous system to help us when there's a perceived threat or something that's really important to us. And like I said in the very beginning, we're all, it, everything's moving so fast. Yeah. That we're all experiencing this because we're, we, we're not built for, we haven't figured out how to move as fast as everything else around us is moving. So what you're having is a lot of people in some state of, of nervous system overload and they don't even realize it. They're now living by they're fuel, you know, we talk about caffeine addiction, but they're fueled by cortisol. Oh, and and they've gotten so used they've gotten so used to cortisol. I mean, that's you know, workaholic or whatever. It's like we now rely on cortisol. And now we think cortisol is what's normal. We call it hustle, you know? And there's healthy hustle. But a lot of what we call hustle is just let's just do our businesses in survival mode okay, you can do that, but you're probably not going to feel fulfilled at the end of the day. I have so many questions. <laughs> I know what our next session is going to be about. Um, <laughs> I think it's all like so interesting. And okay, so, you know, I actually came into this discussion thinking that, and I'll be curious to see what you think, because I love what you said about entrepreneurs are kind of at the, we have to be on the forefront, on the cutting edge of the changes. Like we can't just kind of hang back and wait and see, we have to dive into it or we'll, you know, become obsolete in our, we'll lose our business. But I actually think in yeah. a way, uh, it's a bit of our superpower. So something that I really work hard on, like with the people who follow me, the people I work with is I want to work on their mindset and I want to move them into a growth mindset. So if there's someone who tends to be kind of negative, like I can't, or I don't think it'll work or I'm worried or this, I want them to be like, Ooh, there's so much possibility here. I want to help move them into being really not like toxic pos positivity, but like optimistic and hopeful and curious is I think one of the most healthy emotions in business. So I actually think okay. in a way, when it comes to these issues, we have an advantage because we already, we already sort of think that way. Like we're more likely to approach it from curious and excited rather than resistant and scared. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So it's when the entrepreneur is what you're describing is the entrepreneur at its best, right? When you're at your best. And so that would be a good place to start. Like we can start with like, okay, what, what are you like when you're overwhelmed? But we can also start with, let's talk about 
Lizzie the entrepreneur at her best. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would write it out, write down 10 descriptors of me at my best and not, not my ideal, you know, my best, my actual best. Mm -hmm. And then I'd even have them draw a picture of that woman, draw a picture of that woman, Lord. <laughs> name her. Yeah. Let's call her something. Who is she? Right. So that you can get it really out here in front of you. And then, okay, me when I'm not at my best, when I'm letting stress get the best of me, whatever it is, here's 10 descriptors for her. And then it's just a matter, this is a self-awareness exercise. So we're all going to go into not our best at times. It's a percentage, right? So on my good days, I'm 80-20. I'm 80% in my best self and 20% in this other kind of self, right? but then I can catch it. I know this other self so well, and I know my best self so well that when it's flipped and it's 2080, I can go, oh, okay, I know what I need to do to get back to my best self. Because the best self, when you bring your best self to your business, that's it, watch out. When you bring your best self to a problem, watch out, there's nothing that you can't do. So, but we all have to manage. No one's 100% in their best self. Yeah. And, you know, stress, anxiety, all of that is part of what, makes us stuck in this other place. So we need to learn how to manage that and, and tip, tip the percentages so that we can go back to our best self at any time. I love it. I could talk about that all day. Um, when I sent out a survey asking what people really wanted to talk about, overwhelm was, was one of the big ones, but the biggest one for sure was anxiety. And um, it'll be really interesting to see what you, I can anticipate what you might say about this, but, <laughs> but it seems it seems so rampant. We kind of touched on this beginning too, with things happening so fast, but I would love to maybe share a bit about how anxiety develops. Like how do we get there and, or is it always there and how can we manage it better? I, I personally get a little, I know it's like a big joke now, you know, like, cause we're in the Etsy space. So we're on the platform and we literally see sweatshirts and t-shirts and these things all the time, kind of like making fun of this whole thing, which maybe is good. Maybe, I don't know, I'll be curious to see what you think, the lighthearted. I kind of get annoyed. I'm like, let's stop normalizing. <laughs> like, But maybe we should be, I don't know, maybe it makes it simpler, but I'm just like, no, we're powerful. So I would love to hear your thoughts about anxiety. I'm sure it relates to everything we've already talked about <laughs> and um, how you would suggest people start managing that and get into a healthier space with it. So you are a body, mind, spirit. You cannot disconnect the three. So when we talk about anxiety or we talk about stress, we have to talk about all three, right? At its at its most at its essence, stress, anxiety, overwhelm is a physiological response that then we then label and say this feels like stress, this is anxiety, this is overwhelm. We all know what the physiological response is, right? Sympathetic kicks on, and that's the part of you that goes there's some kind of perceived threat. Keyword perceived because the brain doesn't know the difference between a brain between a bear chasing you and you know you have to launch something in 3 days feels you know a perceived threat and then it alerts your body to kick on so you're going to feel your heart racing your your you know you're not breathing as deeply and you're going to feel all the chemicals of stress that make us feel stressed out anxious whatever okay and then we have this mind that then also goes into overwhelm and tries to help us. And it's trying to interpret all of this stuff. So depending on what you think in response to a physiological perceived thing, that's either gonna make it worse or it's gonna make it better. Because now there's this loop between what I think and what I feel and what I think and what I feel and then what my body does in response. And so we have to get really good at slowing that down to go, okay, what am I thinking right now? What's it feel like in my body right now? And so anxiety is basically, it starts off as a little stress and a perceived threat that we've been sitting in for a while and that our mind is having a heyday with. So it's not just a physiological response. So for example, if you're going throughout your day and then all of a sudden you have a stomach ache, you don't have any, your mind doesn't really do anything with that other than I have a stomach ache. Hmm. Maybe I should drink some ginger ale, right? And yeah, it's probably not going to go away right away. But if you if you have anxious thoughts attached to that, oh, I have a stomach ache. What if I have cancer? Oh my gosh. Maybe I should go to the doctor. 
that's a great example of what anxiety does to a, to just a dysregulated state in the body. So that's ultimately what is what anxiety is. Is now there's this feedback loop between something I'm experiencing physiologically and what my mind is running away with. What's the story my mind is giving me about this physiological state? And then they just it just feeds each other. So conquering anxiety is just starting with your body, recognizing, I, I'm dysregulated, I'm agitated, I'm anxious. Okay, start with your body, calm your body through your breath, through releasing some energy. I had an, a meeting yesterday. I came out of that meeting all like, <laughs> and then I was, I was hanging out with my sister right after, and I was like, you know, but I, I know what I need to do as a woman. The most helpful thing as a woman to deal with stress is to talk about your feelings, mm. A. And then I was sensing it. it wasn't enough talking about it. My body was in fight or flight mode and it felt more like a fight mode. And so I literally was like, hold my keys and my phone as we walk into the store. You'll love this. We're walking into a store and I'm punching the air. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> punching the air. I got to let this go. I got to let this go. Because I understand the connection between my body, you know, and my mind. And I did, I, I tried really hard not to tell a story in that moment. I'm agitated. I just need to. And then the next day, once I was in a more calm state, then I went back and thought about this appointment that I had and like, well, what was it about this appointment that triggered this fight or flight in me? So we got to break down anxiety to what's happening in your body. Start with relaxing your body. And then you can look at, well, what were the thoughts that anxiety, what was the story anxiety was telling me? And what's the truth? All right, guys. So as you know, I've been on a print-on-demand journey with my new Etsy shop. I opened just a while back, and I'm having the best time ever and learning so much. But I really wanted to give you a little update and tell you how sold out I am for Printify as my print-on-demand provider. So they were my go-to in the very beginning because my POD experts all told me that they were the way to go. And Printify has not disappointed me a bit. I'm very happy with the quality of the products that, that are going out. The turnaround time has been good. I love their interface, and I feel like it's very user-friendly and integrates well with Etsy. I am super happy with the margins I'm bringing in, especially using Printify Premium compared with the other print-on-demand providers. So it's just been a win-win all around. Basically what happens is this. So I set up a listing mostly over on Printify and I have it all synced up with my Etsy shop. So over on the Printify site, I get the product all ready to go with my design properly placed, all the colors I want selected, the title written, the description written, and the correct pricing and shipping already in place. Like it's all done on Printify. The only thing I don't sync is the product photos because I create, of course, all of my own mock-ups for a better quality. So then I click publish over on Printify and within about a minute, the product shows up over in my Etsy shop listings as an active listing. At this point, it's live. So then I go right away over there and I upload my product photos <laughs> and any other graphics that I need. I set my categories shop section and tags, like all the things that I have to do over on Etsy. And usually I'll link my variations to a corresponding picture in my photo gallery. So I'll give it a quick once over and then click publish again on Etsy so that my updates will show to everyone who sees the listing. The great thing about doing it this way is that when an order comes in, within one to two hours typically, the order then syncs over to Printify back again. And so all of the product and customer details are there. And Printify just makes it crazy easy <laughs> to run my print-on-demand shop. I can't believe it. Like, Golly, after making, you know, wood signs for six years, this is a dream. So Printify has over 850 products to choose from. You can customize and create new designs to your heart's content. And the best part is you don't have to worry about keeping an inventory or shipping products yourself. <laughs> Printify handles all of it for you. And seriously, their production costs are unbeatable. So if you're considering print on demand, give Printify a try. I recommend it. Feel free to grab my link in the show notes waiting for you. And if you use my code... Lizzie Smiley, which is no spaces, all caps, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-S-M-I-L-E-Y, you can get 30 days free of Printify Premium, which gets you even lower production costs. So again, that's Lizzie Smiley, no, no spaces, all caps. It's an absolute steal, and I always use Printify Premium. So the whole experience getting going in print demand has been wonderful. I love it. 10 out of 10 recommend. And I hope this helps you with the production partner decision if you're on the fence and planning a shop as well. I'm excited for you. 
this is one of your superpowers. So you guys, literally, I started seeing Dr. Margaret and my daughter too. And I, she, we were both struggling so bad with anxiety. And I had so many reasons why it wasn't going to go <laughs> away. And I think we we have that. Some of us are like, oh, well, it, it runs in my family tree. Or I have all of these hard things in life that um, are just insurmountable. Like I, I like, I either need medication, which some people do. And when you do like, by all means, take it, that's like, get what you get the help that you need. But I think what's been so amazing yeah. is learning actually, you know what, take me out of it. Cause you've got, you've got 41 years of programming and thinking and all kinds of things. Look at my eight-year-old who went from the baby gave her having, when I had the baby, she just got extremely anxious after that. And I thought we were going to have years of problems and it took what, Dr. Margaret, two months or something, maybe less than that, with some really good tools that you gave her. And my kid is normal again. And I'm not saying the anxiety is not normal. I'm saying she's a healthy, healthy, happy kid. Does she sometimes worry? Yes. And then she's like, oh, I have a toolbox. And I'll say to her, what tool do you want to use? And she'll be like, this one. And it took a little while of the practice, but now she almost she can almost stop it before it even starts because she's so aware. So if the eight-year-old yeah. can do it. Yes. So cool, right? Well, and, the, and the beauty is, you know, you ended up taking like a situation and using it as you've given her skills for her whole life. You know, part yes. of the reason why we're in this situation is we didn't learn at her age. We didn't learn how to deal with anxiety. No one sat there and actually said, oh, that's anxiety. And this is your body. And this is what you you can do. I don't think we learned that back then. Our culture is just now in a space of like, oh, this is super important. We need to learn about emotional health. So yeah, it really is. Um, anxiety is a wonderful storyteller, but if if the movie in your head is a horror movie, <laughs> that's anxiety talking. It's I'm always really a horror worried. movie with anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. There was like a, a bit of a delay there. I, I'm. It's so. It's so hopeful though, isn't it? Like there. I think that it feels like oh, everyone has anxiety now, and there's this big black cloud of fog descending on us. I'm like, no, actually, this is great, and there's because we're becoming aware of what's already been there, and we're now realizing how simple it can be to un unravel it. Um, okay, so we yeah. have to before we go today, though, we have to give you a chance. I I want you to share some of the other resources that you have available. I mean, obviously, people can work with you, but I don't want to lose my time, so I'm just going to claim my spot on your calendar permanently. But um, you you work with people like one on one, and it's been honestly, it's I, I have been looking for the right person for 20 years, and it was like in the first three minutes of talking to you that things started changing for me, and I was just like, wow. So I think it's so much about the right person, having someone who really knows what they're doing. Unfortunately, I do think there are a lot of mental health professionals who don't necessarily have the skills that you do. I'm just going to leave it right there. But if you could just share some of the resources that you have available to like through your Instagram and all of that, that'd be amazing. Yeah. So I do offer individual sessions. It's actually my favorite thing. Um, you know, people who are much more entrepreneurial like yourself are always like, you should do more. And I'm like, but my favorite is to meet one-on-one -on -one with people. So I still, old fashioned psychologist, I love to meet one-on-one -on -one with people. And so you can access me through my email and I'm sure we can leave that in the show notes. I have an, I'm very active on Instagram. I love to post like really helpful things uh, on Instagram and my followers say it's really helpful. So I keep doing it. So you can find me there. And I've got a link tree on there with, you know, my website. I wrote a book called Souls Like Stars that gives you some really great psychological tools, but it brings it through a spiritual ex, uh, perspective. So I'm super passionate about connecting people with their spirit and with their higher power. So Souls Like Stars is bringing you deeper in your spirit with your higher power and um, with you know, psychological tools. And it's from more from a Christian perspective. I offer, they're called financial sozo sessions. And that's where I meet with all the movers and shakers like yourself. And I have a friend who calls it head trash. At the end of the day, if you're struggling in your business, you've got some head trash. Let's connect you, you know, not just psychologically, but let's connect you with that deeper knowing, you know, get some memos from the head office, he calls it, connect you with your higher power, with God, and let's really go to the root of some of these, you know, if you see patterns in your business and you know the only thing keeping you is it's your own, you know, your lies, your wounds, you know, you can sign up for a financial sozo with me. 
And then if you want to deep, go deeper into overwhelm, stress, I have a course called Overcoming Overwhelm, Overcoming Your Stress, Trauma, and Triggers. So I go even deeper. Like, yes, stress is one of the causes of overwhelm, but it could also be trauma from your past. You know, especially if you, you're doing all the right things and you're still not concrete, it might be because we have to do some trauma work. Um, or it could, it could be some emotional triggers based on some really, some legit fears and that just trigger you every time. And, and, um, so that course talks about all three and you can find that on the loving on purpose Academy. So I'm sure we'll, we'll put a link in that for them too. So those are the ma major things, my book, my individual, um, sessions, and then that overcoming overwhelm course. That's a, that's a lot of things. <laughs> That's a lot of things, Good. but I, I do have to attest that your Instagram is one of my favorite ever to follow. Like, I don't know how you do it, but every single, I feel like you, I don't, you're just in my brain, but we're all, and we're all your, your clients. We're just in the same. It's so interesting. But every single time I see one of your posts, it hits and it's like the right time with the right message. And do you know what, do you know what I'm just realizing? Every single time I read one of your posts, I do one of these. <sighs> It totally makes me think. <laughs> like I just take a breath, like how you were saying before, like can you bring yourself down? I just take a breath and I'm just having one of those ah moments. And that's so funny. I never realized before, but I totally do that. So highly recommend and we'll um we will what I know that I'm gonna like link it, but just for people who want to just go follow, what is the the handle? Oh, it's Margaret Nagib. That's my handle on Instagram. Is there no doctor in there? No, I think it's just Mar at Margaret Nagib. Okay. N-A-G-I-B. So if you want to go follow her, I highly recommend her. You can find her in my list. Dr. Margaret, thank you so much for doing this with me today. You're so welcome. So fun talking to you. It's really, really great. You're such an inspiration, I'm sure, to lots and lots of people. You're you're extremely kind, but um, you've just helped me so much. And I, any anything that I can do to help others, like you know, just feel better, clear, clear up their headspace, be able to accomplish their goals. Like, I just think I'm just like, guys, I just want you to know, I've just handed you a pearl. Like Dr. Margaret is a pearl. So, um, we're extremely grateful for you and, um, guys, thank you so much for listening along with us today. I hope you're having an amazing week and I will talk to you next time. And until next week, go make something awesome. Take care guys. And that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.